So that actually Donnie not just not just to sub in and play. Then he's gonna dance and sing <laughs> in the halftime show. And then you think he's gonna be able to? You think at him and his in his forty something years after the halftime show, he's still gonna be able to play in the second half? That is that's optimistic. He's got the right stuff. I, I hope we have a defibrillator on, on the bench. And we're live for real this time. Let's go. This is the Dos Padres podcast. I'm Major J. That's Sundance Kid. We're here covering Boston sports and so much more. Sundance, we have got shockingly quite a lot to talk about uh, this week, to say the least. Uh, you know, so we're it's packed for me. Take a look at the Pats. The abrupt exit last weekend to the Bills. Uh, we're going to do a little review of the season as well as a whole. Just kind of get a holistic view of the season with the Pats. Take a look on it, reflect. Do a little good, bad, and ugly. Uh, we're going to be pre- previewing this weekend's NFL divisional round matchups as well. We're going to touch on those. Uh, we're also going to be drawing some winners uh, for last week's Dos Padres playoff giveaway on our Instagram account. Very exciting there. I uh, can't wait to uh, pull those out, give some people some goodies. And then we're also going to have a special Celtics trade edition of this or that. So jam-packed show. We're going to have some fun. Uh, I'd say we've probably been drinking straight through for the last week. So since what are you sipping on that you've probably been drinking nonstop for since, you know, last weekend when the Pats game. Sure. Uh, So for me this evening, I am hosting jungle crush and that is brought to you by, uh, Uh, City Steam Brewery, famous City for the, the Naughty Nurse uh, beer, which is probably their staple. Um, but I'm yes. I'm doing Jungle Crush this evening. Uh, it is a bit uh, bitter for me. Um, you know, listen, I saw the can; it's super colorful. I thought, oh, you know, that's probably going to taste like Skittles and gummy bears, and it never does. It's never that sweet. Um, so that's what I am fighting through this evening. How All about right. you? Major J. So I am uh, actually sipping on. It is a from Amherst Brewing. Ooh. Toasted coconut cream coffee porter. Wow, that sounds phenomenal. In collaboration with Shelburne Falls Coffee, brewed with malted oats, chocolate malt, and Shelburne Falls coffee roaster coffee roasters toasted. What? Coconut cream, whatever. I can't read. Do me, a, do me a favor, Major J. Hold your glass up to the screen, and you can see mine's that bright one, and you can see yours is that dark, that dark brown one. I'll be honest with you. I am really finding myself more on the side of the porters and the dark ales lately than the, the bright, hoppy ones. Um, I'm not afraid to say that. that they are just um, easier to go down and, and more flavorful. So... Uh, I'll be moving over to that this weekend. All right, all right. You're like that uh, that crazy old guy in the commercial. You want a dark beer, son. You want a dark beer. <laughs> yes, made with goat's right. milk. <laughs> with me with goat's milk and sheep shopping. Dark beer. All right. Uh, <clears throat> so that's what we're we're sipping on. Uh, good stuff. We'll make sure to uh, tag Amherst Brewing Company as well as uh, City Steam when we go out on social later. All right, let's uh, let's do a quick rundown of what is happening in Boston sports before we jump deep into uh, some Patriots reflection. Yeah. Um, obviously nothing going on with the Red Sox. Again, not, no surprise there. Lockout, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever. Until there's any movement there, there's no point even even going down that road in any way, shape, or form. Well, uh, we've re- got quickly, quickly, Major go Jay. Before we yeah. go by that, um, David Ortiz is on the ballot for yes. Hall of Fame, and it's looking very good for him from everything I see, hear, and read. However, there is one sports writer, Dan Shaughnessy. You may be familiar with him, who has very vocally uh, and very openly said, uh, "I'm not voting for David Ortiz." Uh, I commented on uh, John Tomasi's article this afternoon on Facebook as he defended Shaughnessy, saying 
you know, there's something to be said for someone who stands by their opinions and remains consistent. Um, I got to be honest with you. I think it's the stupidest argument I've ever heard that because Ortiz has been uh, attached to some innuendo, a New York Times list 20 years ago that he's just, you know, got the scarlet letter on him. He's not Manny Ramirez. He's not Robinson Cano. He is not Melky Cabrera. He was not caught red-handed and suspended. So for me, that argument means nothing. I hope Poppy gets into the Hall of Fame. Wanted to throw that out there quicker. Uh, yeah, I agree across the board. Um, let's be real. Anytime you say the name Dan Shaughnessy, I mean, you pretty much don't need to say much more beyond that. There you go. Ta- typical Boston for decades talking head. Take your curly hair. Get out of here. We're all set. He, 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 he <laughs> We know he just he does stuff simply to, to get his name out there, yep. to have his name, his stamp on things. That's who he is. Yep. He, generally, his takes are garbage anyway. So uh, I do feel like Ortiz will get the vote to be in first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, cool. Oh, all right. Now that I'm riled up Sundance, so let's get into some. Uh, we'll talk a little Bruins overview here, real quick. Uh, so, Bruins update not much has changed. Fourth in the Atlantic, eighth in the Eastern Conference, 46 points. They have heated up the last week and a half, two weeks. They've won eight of ten. They had a win- five-game winning streak until Tuca was blasted for five first-period goals yeah. uh, Tuesday night against Carolina. Everyone has a night. That's fine. It happens. We'll we'll see how things turn over the next week or two. Uh, Willie O'Ree, Tuesday night, the highlight of Tuesday night, far and away, first African American player in the NHL had his uh, number number twenty-two retired up to the rafters. Uh, Broke through in 1958, regarded as basically the Jackie Robinson of hockey. Um, yeah. Big deal there. Pretty cool. Uh, Bruins uh, have been winning, have been scoring. They've got Washington tonight uh, on ESPN+. Plus. This is Thursday night. ESPN Plus and Hulu, neither of which I'm going to watch it on. So no clue what's going on there. I think they're in the third period. Uh, but you've got uh, Winnipeg on Saturday, Anaheim Monday. They go on a road trip starting at Colorado next Wednesday. That's going to be tough. Um, we'll see, but this team seems to get they're coming around. Tuka's back, some positive I, I vibes. Did, I did just get an alert on my phone Ooh. that Marshawn left the game with an upper body injury. That's not good news. I'm really hoping it's a precautionary thing. So we'll have to watch on, on that. He's the heart and soul of that team. This show is starting off really well tonight. All right, uh, so <laughs> it can only go up. All right, cool. Thank you for the update, Sundance. Uh, which – on that note, let's go into some Celtics, uh, which is always uh, positive vibes. So Celtics, still 500 team. Shocked, I know. They're uh, tied for third in the Atlantic, so we've moved up slightly there. Ninth in the East, moved up a little bit there. Generally feel like they're playing a little better. They've won 5-7, of seven. playing a little more consistent, a little better fourth quarter play. Not saying it's anything to, to put your hat on, but it's something. We'll take things are looking a little better. Uh, C's did just – Pull off a insignificant trade. Basically, they trade uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez uh, for Bull Bull, who's out for like three months with a foot, and PJ Dozier, who's out for the year with an ACL. Basically, it's a luxury tax threshold move to get two or three million dollars closer to being under the luxury tax. That's fine, whatever. We'll see what else they do. Um, plenty of rumors, and you know this as far as what's potentially happening with the, on the trade front. Horford's name's out there, Josh Richardson, Schroeder. Even though the team will deny that, Marcus Smart, same same bucket. All those names have been rumored out there as far as potentially being talked about. Uh, supposedly off limits though are Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Time Lord. I find that a little interesting, but okay. And uh, I've heard a lot about stuff potentially with Indiana being a nice partner to, to kind of match up with. Although I don't know what they could do to go out and get um, any of those guys there. Uh, Sabonis, notably, but we'll see. And we're actually going to get into that a little bit more and have some fun with that towards uh, later in the show with our, our this or that with some Celtics trade edition. But uh, any quick thoughts on that before we head into some Patriots review? Yeah, I, I got a good chance last night to watch a full game from first tip off to end of, of uh, you know the game against Charlotte. Uh, and a couple of takeaways that you, that you 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 can't help but notice. Um, boy, Jason Tatum, I mean, he couldn't throw it in the ocean last night and they ended up, you know, they, they made it close at the end. You know, I mean, they were down by six with, 
you know, probably a minute and a half left. They, they had been down 12 with two minutes to go and cut that down to six. But, but Jason Tatum just couldn't even throw it in the ocean last night. Why, again, he is encouraged to just continue jacking it up when it's not his night, I will never understand. Um, also, blown away by a team like Charlotte, who is the fifth seed in the Atlantic Conference. They might even right. be the sixth seed. I mean, the offense that this team has, it really, really smacks you in the face as a Celtics fan where Scary Small Terry, scary Terry Rozier, uh, <laughs> Haywood, Hayward, um, uh, you, you you cannot help but go back Kelly Oubre. to the conference. Kelly Oubre, who likes himself some Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre. Right you know, <laughs> um, I mean, ball. my goodness, you can't help but watch that game last night and yeah. wonder what could have been. Um, right. That said, this is kind of right in line with what I thought the Celtics would do. I, I even think that they're going to be – I think they're going to be a handful of games over 500 – in the next two weeks, I really do. I think they're going to give us a little bit of hope, and then I think it's going to come crashing down. So we'll, we'll find out. Um, but a valiant effort last night without Time Lord and Marcus Smart, and what a big surprise. Uh, the Celtics could not field a completely healthy team. Um, I don't know if that's the norm these days in the NBA with, right, you know, like resting oh, guys yeah. and – it is. It is. I think it's on brand with the rest of the league. Uh, it doesn't make it any less frustrating. We've talked about this before, especially Time Lord. Notably, you've you've <laughs> definitely gone on about that as far as um, health issues and getting this guy on the core and in that in that in the babying. And it just again, we don't know what goes behind goes on behind closed doors and sure. in the injuries and stuff. But after a while, it feels like okay, not all these guys can always be this hurt all the time. Like they're just like right. It's exactly. Are we just it. are we just managing over managing? I mean, these gang and these guys aren't thirty five plus. Whatever we've been down that road. I, I I completely agree with you. It's frustrating. It is all get out. Uh, I will say to your credit, real quick. Um, you mentioned it before, and you're right. January run, yeah. maybe. I mean, it's only January twentieth as we as we record this. We still got another ten to eleven days, but. I mean, things at least have picked up this month. Um, they at least looked competent, competitive. Yeah. And yeah. if they make an actual trade for a player that could actually hit the court now, maybe have some fun uh, come spring. But who knows? All right, let's um, let's take that as a jumping point into <laughs> to depress ourselves again. Uh, we're gonna talk some Patriots. Um, cool, a little Patriots review. So let's let's just start off right off the bat. Go for it. Let's um let's just talk about and we don't need to dwell on it too much, but we can't skip it. Um talking about the game uh at Buffalo last weekend. I I mean <laughs> where where do you start though, really, with it? That's the thing. Well, uh, you could start any number of places that Bill's fans on social media have reminded us of, perhaps the string of uh, offensive possessions where they didn't punt a single time. Thank you, uh, Dresco. Uh, he's right. a friend on Facebook. Uh, or you could you could certainly take a look at um, you know the time that we scored a touchdown with Kendrick Bourne with a minute left in the game that cut the deficit to thirty, and the fans in Buffalo threw something on the field that shall go uh, on the game. Listen, this was House of Horrors. This was, I will say this, my guess is having been a fan of this team the last, you know, 40 plus years, but really the last 20 to, to where you hone in on Belichick and what he's done. Right. My guess is Belichick privately went into this game absolutely knowing this is what's going to happen. Um, I, I really, Belichick is too smart. I'm confident that he talked to his coaches before the game and said, if we can't do A, B, C, D, E, and F, this ain't going to be close in the second half. And they couldn't do any of those things. They couldn't play defense. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't make any anything happen on offense. Mac turned the ball over. Josh Allen did not. Um, I, I mean, it, it just A to Z, an absolute drubbing by the Bills. Um and it's, it just is what it is. You just got to call it out. Yeah. 
No, you're right. Defense didn't show up. <laughs> uh, if if you saw Matt Judon, let me know. I, I which goes right along with the conversations we've had about him uh, the last few weeks. Um, so that that really didn't surprise me per se, but it was on brand for the last month or so. Yeah. Mac made a couple mistakes. Buffalo D is opportunistic. Uh, I think it was, was it Poyer or Hyde that had the interception over Aguilar. Um, that was a it was Hyde it was, who had an incredible play. Uh, fooled the, even the uh, the guys covering the game. Um, yep. But, you know, opportunistic D, that's fine. Mac made a couple mistakes. And, again, you know, Mac played coming from behind. He did as much as he could realistically do. Um, they did come Absolutely. back, score a couple times. But realistically, again, with a rookie quarterback and this offense in general, not built to come back from being down even like 10 to 14, much less, you know, 25 or whatever got, you know, when it was with what 33 to three or whatever it was at one point, it's like, it's not going to happen. Like you can't even, I mean, that would have been historic anyway, but still um, not much to, to really dwell on anymore beyond that. It was just a disappointing yeah. game. And, you know, it just, it, it speaks more to, again, it was, they, they've had some, some rough late seasons, the last two to three years, like Thanksgiving on. And this just encapsulated the way the re- the, the last month has gone with this team and, they just fell flat. That's just the direction they've been going in for a while, unfortunately. Yeah. Listen, this game was over in the first, call it, six minutes. Um, you saw Buffalo take the ball, march down the field and score. You saw the Patriots get the next kickoff, start to march down the field. Uh, Brandon Bolden dropped a wide open 30-yard pass. And right there you said – we're going to need every last one of those if we're going to be even competitive tonight. So that kind of tipped you off to the kind of night it was going to be. And then to your point, it's a great point. When Hyde makes that interception and it looks like a surefire touchdown, right there, it's the game's over. Now, the last one was halfway through the first period uh, for you know the first quarter when the Patriots punted on fourth down. And it was near midfield, and I get it, but um, somebody had a great line the other day, and they said, you know, this was the Patriots either saying we're going to lose early or we're going to lose late. Um, it was it was a bad decision, and it was more bad decision. So for me to close this out, um, certainly the defense didn't show up. Uh, Belichick did not coach his best here. He, he really didn't. There were down the stretch of the season, there were some fourth downs that you just said, why would you not go for it here? He had no feel for the game, it seemed. And again, I bet Belichick went into this game putting his money on Buffalo by at least two touchdowns. All right, so yeah, let's uh, let's get into some uh, season review. Uh, we can maybe take it on a uh, – to keep it kind of streamlined, we can maybe do like a little good, bad, and ugly um, so we're not yeah. going crazy. We can just kind of go down. All right, starting with the good. Good stuff about this season. Um, Seven-game win streak. I mean, you, you can't be a bad team and win seven games in a row unless, unless you're the Dolphins, but we won't bring that up to Matt Kanata. Um, oh, what are you trying to say? Mac, I thought, held his own as a rookie. Um, he did, didn't, didn't disappoint, per se, as far as what I was realistically expecting from him. Um, some of our free agent signings were a success. Uh, Judon, despite him falling off the face of the earth the second half, I wouldn't – I'd still say overall – Success there that that worked out. Kendrick Bourne, I thought, worked out. Hunter Henry worked out. Uh, the O line, which started off, as we know, pretty shaky to start the season based on a lot of his injuries, etc. But after like a month, that came together, looked really good. Um, and the running back depth, I mean, we ended up with Damian Harris and Ramondre, and even Bolden picked up slack as well. This is all with James White being hurt. I thought that was that was definitely a positive, a good. For the season, what about you? Yeah, uh, just building on that, the draft. The Patriots don't always have good drafts. Let's be really honest. Hi, Nikhil. How are you? Um, and so this was a really listen. This was a really good draft for the Patriots. You had Mac Jones, of course, front and center. Um, Christian Barmore, you know, Christian Barmore, Barmore, good, good one. You know, uh, and and certainly Ramondre Stevenson. Those are three Pro Bowl 
probably caliber players that I think you could say right now, uh, I could yeah. see those guys making the Pro Bowl in the next couple of years. Um, so you, you've got to feel really good about that. Um, and you bounce back from last year, which was an absolute disaster. So th- that's the good for me. Um, leading into the bad, right? I'll start off the bad. No, go for it. Yeah. Uh, this is the New England fan in me. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to wear that badge right here. Sure. Uh, you know, Judon just completely falling off. And I am absolutely going to chalk it up to a rib injury that was disclosed late, like the week before the playoffs where he did talk about it uh, on camera. I saw it. Reporter said, what's it like to play with a rib injury? And he said, well, I'll tell you what, how about I punch you in the ribs as hard as I can and see how, you know, see how well you write stories. Um, and, and listen, and, and it really, it wasn't with a bunch of venom that he said that it was really, Matter of fact, like, hey, man, what do you think it's like playing with bad ribs? So I'm going to say that, you know, but but oh, my goodness, that just completely crippled the defense. Um, Special teams, special teams did not stand out this year. Aside from Nick Folk, got to give got to give Belichick credit there. But uh, our punt game was meh. And I tell you, our return game. Could you believe did you know Gunnar Olszewski was was all pro second team last year um, or 2020, one of the two. And I think it was last year. Did you know that? Would you have guessed that? I wouldn't have guessed that. Not to say it, it sounds vaguely familiar, but if oh, you had asked he, me, I wouldn't have. He did. I looked it up and I was shocked. Um, I'm ready to cut the guy. There were times that he brought the ball out of the end zone and got nailed at the eight yard line. And I'm just like, why? Like, like right. you've been in the league three years, dude. Like you've got to know. Eight yard line versus the twenty-five, um, and so for me, special teams and lastly penalties. What an absolutely um, yep. just a completely uh, it just this was an aberration for Belichick. I have no other word for yep. it. Belichick teams don't make don't commit penalties like this. You watch other games of crap teams and you say, man. It's nice to be a Patriots fan because we don't make stupid penalties like that. And the Patriots had stupid, bad penalties all season, all season. Um, so that's that's where I would ballpark the bad. All right. Yeah, no, I, I uh, some good ones there. I, I obviously agree across the board. I'll tack on a couple of a couple beyond that. Um, just for me in general, the uh, again, this is more second half, but the disjointed defense down the stretch. I thought there seemed to be a lot of. It just wasn't there. It wasn't working. I don't know if it was scheme or what it was. And hand in hand with that, yep. I don't know if, if if I don't know if it was caused by this. But what going, again, going back to the whole fandom situation, the, the confusion with the defensive coordinator situation between uh, prodigal son, um, Mister Nepotism himself, Steve Belichick, uh, and Gerard Mayo. Who's doing what? What's the role? Like it just if it's confusing to us as fans, I mean, I have a hard time believing it's not completely confusing in the locker room. And in, in, in the meeting room, I, I don't know the whole the whole dynamic was just very weird. I don't know what that was about, but the defense definitely, as evidenced uh, and culminated in the uh, playoff loss to the Bills, just it, it just came up really short when it needed when it needed yeah. to really come through down the stretch, uh, and just some free agent signing failures, uh, notably Aguilar and John o. Smith, um, which every team has them. You go out and sign a ton yeah. of guys the way the Patriots did. You're gonna have some work out, some not. That's fine, but we just do have to point out Aguilar was a complete bust. And part of it wasn't necessarily the play as much as it was just the usage. Either way. Oh, I um, thought John U. Smith was a bigger bust. I, I was expecting sure. Absolutely. way more from, from John U. Smith. Right. Um, you bring up a good point, though. Aguilar, he got a big deal, too. Um, I just didn't expect it. I didn't expect anything from him. I didn't think he was going to break fair. out here. Um, yep. But John U. Smith, dude, was invincible. I was a big fan of that signing. It was invisible. Really Let and me go back. He was invisible, not invincible, <laughs> meaning you couldn't stop him, but he was invisible, meaning he, you, you just didn't even see him out on the field him. when he was there. It's terrible. Who's that guy. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think so. Which takes us right into the ugly. Uh, for me, the ugly, you touched on it already. Um, the biggest thing for me was trying to force value in play at Nikhil Harry when it just wasn't happening. When the when you forced it and forced it and the best you could get was a pretty good blocking wide receiver. I 
Come on. Like to me, that's flat out ugly. And as we saw, and I mentioned it to you the other day, I was going to bring it up. So I posted this on Facebook, um, going back and looking at the 2019 draft class, Nikhil Harry pick number 32, who was picked at 36 star of the playoffs right now, Debo freaking Samuel. And you can cherry pick stuff. And I get that that's going to happen in every draft. But when, I mean, talking about a guy picked three, four spots later at the no, same position, hurts. you that can't, hurts. you cannot look at that. Um, that to me, that's pretty apples to apples. Even though they're two different types of receivers, whatever this team needed a playmaker at receiver, San Francisco got one. We got a blocker three years in. Um, and again, I mentioned it before, third season in a row, looking pretty shitty after Thanksgiving. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth, uh, especially with, again, it all ended up with that terrible playoff showing against the Bills. To me, that's the ugly. What's your ugly, Sundance? Um, the ugly is uh, is the Bills and Dolphins. A um, couple teams that really, I mean, really just kind of slapped you in the face. Uh, I know the first game of the season, the first loss against the Dolphins, you know, it was a, it, we fumbled the ball at the 10 yard line and we, we you know, we were going to take the lead and, and maybe win, but listen, Buffalo really punched us in the mouth twice. Miami kicked us, you know, while we were down. Um, that's, that's going to be tough to, that's, that's going to be tough to, to reckon with going forward. I will say this quickly though. You bring up a really good point with the Keel Harry that I don't understand why Belichick hasn't picked up on this being as brilliant as he is. Football is not baseball. You don't have late bloomers in football. You have late, <laughs> you have late right. bloomers. You have late bloomers in baseball. You have guys that you draft in baseball that you trade for, that you 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 tinker with, you coach them for a year. And, and and maybe two years and and then man it comes together. I've watched enough NFL. I've never played a single down of organized football, including Pop Warner. But I can tell you this: there's there's no late bloomers when it comes to football. It it just doesn't happen in football. You're either going to stand out at a position, or you're not. Um, quite right. honestly, and why they hadn't cut bait to your point with Nikhil Harry is just maddening. Um, I hope they don't try to draft a wide receiver. I hope they try to trade for one. Yeah, I, I, I would uh, wholeheartedly agree there. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's stick a pin in that Pat season over. We are moving on to other things. Um, before we do real quick, as you know, Sundance, if anyone's watching us on YouTube, Please smash the like button, subscribe, click the little bell, ding, turn your notifications on so you don't miss a show. If you're listening on your favorite podcast provider, make sure to rate and review. It helps us tremendously. More than you know, go out, do it. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, so building off of the ugly theme that we just did, um, we're gonna we're gonna jump into talking about some uh, NFL playoffs um, coming up here. But uh, to start that off with. I feel feel the the ugly theme re, kind of uh, rings true right here. I'm gonna play a little something that you're gonna really enjoy. <laughs> San Francisco to get to the quarterback here. Prescott takes off running the football. Whoa! That's just gonna work out. Yeah, well, they'll be able to clock this. They were playing for it. It's oh. down, down. Oh my gosh! Oh, the official gets in the way. It's over. The game is. Yes, your old friend Mike McCarthy calls a quarterback draw with 14 seconds left and no timeouts to essentially douse any possibility of the Cowboys coming back to beat the Niners. I I don't know that I've seen a gaffe like that in quite a while. That's terrible. Um, care to comment or just let that just speak for itself? I mean, so so listen, um, it. You know, it's not going to be long before I, I am changing my screen name from Sundance to, to Nostradamus. Um, I correctly called the Celtics, little hot streak here. I correctly called the Mike McCarthy meltdown with under four minutes to go. This was with under 14 seconds to go. Right. Um, my understanding is that it was Kellen Moore that called the play. 
Um, my understanding is that McCarthy was on the headset and, and did not overrule it. Felt like it was a good call. Um, well, they my understanding, they practiced, they practiced it. They, they practiced oh, it. it I, you just stole my thunder. It, it's yeah. okay. Um, they've practiced it. It's my understanding. As I'm sitting there watching it, I have to be honest. I say, I say to myself, okay, this might work out. This might work out down the ball, just down it. And you get a quick throw and Dak hands the ball to his center. And, and it's, you know, as a fan, this, you can't do that. Like, yeah. like it doesn't quite register, but you know, you're seeing something that doesn't look right. And it didn't. And the ref came in and sure enough, the time expires. Um, listen, this was Mike McCarthy at his best. Imagine as a, as an NFL player, if, or even as a fan, if your offensive line could anytime they want, just decide this is about where it was down. Yeah. Let's just go. <laughs> Back judge, umpire, don't worry about it. I got it. You stay there. I got this. Yeah, you're famished from running up and down the field because we're running a, oh. we're running a high octane oh. offense. Um, yeah, it was what a debacle. What a freaking debacle. Lone Star Al was on the ground doing the worm, doing having convulsions, all 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 kinds of stuff. I had to check on him numerous times. Uh, he may have thrown himself off the fourth story of his building. All Cowboys fans, as as they were shown on on national television, crying in the stands as the game was still playing out. The game hadn't even ended yet, and the the the, the cameras are panning through they the knew. stadium. CBS <laughs> is looking for these fans, and there's Cowboys fans crying and weeping. They can't believe that they're going to lose. And they lost. And, and, and listen, hurts me more than anybody else. I, I had them in my bracket going pretty far. Which we're going to take a look at after. Uh, the thing is, though, in their heart of hearts, every one of those fans, they knew. Whether it was that game or the next game, it's they're, they're used to it. They've seen it. In their heart of hearts, they knew what was about to happen. So are um, you bringing back Mike McCarthy? You're Jerry Am I Jones. Bringing back, if I'm Jerry Jones, glassy-eyed Jerry. Um, if you are Jerry Master J Jones, are you bringing back McCarthy? I am not. No, I'm not either. But Jerry is. I, I have no doubt the Jones I are going to stick by their man. By I think, and I do think real. I do think quietly though. Quietly. This this next season is it either either it happens or he's gone. I don't think he should get another year after that. But I think there's no way he sent a five year contract before last season. He's not. He's, there's no way he's finishing that five years. I think. I think he's got one more, and the Jones are like, we're done. So yeah. So it, was this his this his second or third year that he just? I think this up? is his second season at the. That's house, what right? I thought too. Yeah. Um, um, and I know that that's this was a little year quick. Yeah, I know that that's a little bit quick in the world of the NFL, but here, but here's the thing: Cowboys loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. Yeah. They are loaded. Um, they had a nice season. Their record, I think, twelve and five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. Listen, it could have been thirteen and four, uh, but either way, they were up there. They had one of the best records in the NFL. Loaded with talent. And they, they squeaked some games out. Lone Star told you that. We watched it as Patriots fans when the Patriots almost came back and beat them. Um, Mike McCarthy's not my guy. I'm shocked that he comes back for a third year. But you're right. Jerry Jones will bring him back. Yeah, um, so you were right. 12-5 12, 12 on the Cowboys, uh, especially when you've got – I mean, what's, what's usually indicative of, of how your team is doing or is – when your if your coordinators are now and they go into the offseason and are highly sought after as head coaching candidates in both Moore and Dan Quinn, that says a lot based on their talent and how your team could and should be doing. And maybe the issues are uh, in other places. But yeah, let's uh, all right. So let's dive into a little bit, do a little quick preview on this weekend's games uh, again, divisional round. Uh, AFC, you've got four seed Cincinnati going to the number one seed. Um, Tennessee had the bye. First question I think everyone has basically is, is Derrick Henry ready to roll um, for Tennessee? I mean, off that – with that foot, uh, it's – I don't know. Like, 
I have no feel <laughs> on this game. I have no feel. Listen, Henry or no Henry, I'll be honest with you. Even if Henry plays, I'm always leery of a running back coming back after a long layoff. Hamstring, hamstring, hamstring. I'm really leery of it. I always have been. Um, I, I, I can't. I can't pick this game one way or the other. Cincinnati, no chance going into Tennessee. At the same time, Tennessee could be too well rested um and they don't have a superstar quarterback i'm sorry i I like what Tannehill has become in the last five years credit to him um but i i I can't pick this game um gun to my head i'll take tennessee just because they're at home yeah i think uh for me i'm taking well i mean well if you know what we've even got yeah so i think uh so i have the bengals going beating Tennessee. I, I'm going to stick with that, obviously. Um, I'm going to stick with the Bengals in Tennessee. You had, I think you actually had, all right, so you had, you had, you had you're the Raiders winning anyway, so you're you're taking Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, sure. Tennessee. Yeah. All right. I think uh, with the second game in AFC, we've got the uh, third seed, obviously the Bills, going to Kansas City. Question is, is that going to be a shootout? Uh, is Buffalo kind of, hitting their stride at the right time, it seems like they are, the way they've been playing the last month or so. But then you got them going to Arrowhead, which is always a tough a tough road game no matter what. They lost their last year in the AFC Championship, I believe. Um, yeah. Can Kansas City stop this newfound rushing attack that Buffalo now seems to have as well with Singletary? I don't know. Um, oh, listen, the Patriots' defense was, was terrible. A buddy of mine who's a Bills fan on Facebook – uh, huge Bills fan. He posted a picture of his three uh, kids laying down on the Bills uh, logo outside of the stadium. And it was kind of just like a cool Facebook picture. The three kids are just laying there. And I commented, yeah, that looks like the Patriots defense uh, from yesterday. I mean, listen, it can't get any worse than the Patriots defense. I think Kansas City absolutely shows up for this game. Um, I'm going to pick Kansas City because I, I did. Um, right. But I do not think Buffalo is as good as they looked last week. I think that was more of an indictment on the Patriots than it was right. an affirmation on Buffalo. I'm not taking anything away, Bills fans. I know you guys are super edgy right now because you actually beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Um, but it comes to an end, I think, this weekend. Uh, yeah, I agree as well. I got the Chiefs moving on. All right, so we're going to jump into the uh, the NFC. We uh... – I'll take our picks down here for a moment so we don't confuse ourselves. But um, yeah, basically, basically, so we got the uh, the Niners, who obviously we saw just took down uh, Dallas in uh, in quite the ending there. They're going to Lambeau, taking on the Packers, who are coming off their their bye. Uh, this game, I I don't really know how to read. Um, it's tough. I you know it's like can San Francisco ride momentum into Lambeau? Can the Packers D handle George Kittle and Debo, who is becoming like all world now? Um, is Aaron Rodgers toe okay? You know, did the Packers get all their ownership shares back from Dak, who, as everyone knows, last week Dak, well, we Sundance as Dak proclaimed that he owned the Packers or was going to own the uh, Packers, um, but probably not anymore. Uh, and a bit of humor there. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I mean, I, I think ultimately I'm going to take the Packers and move on. It's an easy one. It's the Packers. Randall Cobb is reportedly trying to get ready for this game. Uh, Jimmy G nearly gave it away last week. He will give it away this week only earlier. So this is an easy one. It pains me to say it, but this will be Green Bay running away with it in the uh, – in the third quarter. All right. That takes us to the, uh, the other side. We have the Rams who took down uh, the Cardinals last week at home, traveling to Tampa, taking on Tampa Tom comes down to can Tampa be beaten at home. They've been gangbusters there all season. Um, which Stafford is going to show up the one who played like poop for the last month of the regular season or the one who looked very efficient and spot on hitting all those throws last week against Arizona. You've got Cam Akers reigniting that offense, um, pairing up with uh, old friend Sonny Michelle in the backfield. You know, you got the 
Yeah, the offensive line for Brady and the Bucks has been amazing. They lost Tristan Wirfs, though, to potentially to a high ankle sprain. So how is that going to play out against the Rams' pass uh, pass rush? They may get what a Fournette back. I don't know. I, in the end, um, I mean, in the end, you got to take the Bucks. I think. At least oh I, God, yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. I'd love to. Don't be wrong. I'd love to see the Rams go in and win that game. I'm gonna be rooting for them. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm over the Tampa Tom situation. I, I'm yeah. ready for them to lose and move on. But I. I think Tampa, even with limited resources and, and skill players and all, all the injuries and stuff, I think they'll find a way to win that game at home and move on another week. We're in total agreement there. Um, I'd love to see the Rams do it. They're not going to be able to. I don't expect OBJ to put up a, a second consecutive big-time performance. He just hasn't been able to do it for a long time. Um, and Brady still has enough weapons to get the job done. This will be Tampa for me. All right, uh, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll check back in next week, see where things land with those games, how our picks kind of shake out a little bit. We saw them for a little bit there, but really so we can just dive right into an exciting time for us here on the Dos Padres podcast. It is, uh, we're going to be announcing the winners of our first ever Padres playoff giveaway. We did this on Instagram last week. We did a three-day giveaway on Instagram where you basically you go in, we post some, some cards, uh, as well as some other stuff. And basically if you go in and you, you know, you, you make sure you're following us, you tag three people, put this in your feed, right, et cetera. You're entered in, you're in, you got an entry in. We're going to draw from, from some names and we're going to see who, who the lucky winners are. So day one was uh, we actually were giving away a uh, honoring one game each, for each of these first two days. This was the San Francisco Dallas game. We had a Brandon Ayuk uh, 2020 illusions rookie card. We had a Micah Parsons uh, 2021 Green Prism Draft Picks rookie card. Uh, nice hollow there, silver. And we had a uh, CD Lamb 2020 Mosaic NFL debut rookie as well to give away. That's a hot so, card. There were some nice cards. I <laughs> I thought they were at least. But, mm-hmm. um, so we'll go ahead. We'll, uh, what we're going to do to announce this is to pick the names. We're using Wheel of Names. Um a lot of people use random.org. This feels a little more fun, playful, colorful. Uh, ironically, there's only four names that qualify for day one of the contest. So, uh, 1177 Natalie, Dewey.52, otherwise known as Lone Star Al. Um, no, we're not rigging it for friends of the podcast. Uh, Tom Sliney and the Running Pod, who may or may not be the same person. That's okay. So, we're going to shuffle these up one, two, three, four. Five. We're gonna spin the wheel. See where it lands. Day one winner is the Run-In Podcast. Cue the applause. There you go. Run-In Pod. You're gonna be getting uh, some cards your way. Tommy Paradise DJ. All right. So we're not gonna have repeat winners. So that we're gonna take Run-In Pod out of the mix for day two. Now, day two, uh, same same theme, but this one was going to be a little bit different. We we went ahead and we, we elected three cards. Get them up here. So this time it was, it was actually going to be, we were kind of playing off the Philadelphia-Tampa Bay game. Uh, we've got a Jalen Hurts 2020 Illusions rookie card, a Devontae Smith 2021 Prism Draft Picks rookie, well, Tom Brady. Uh, 2020 Mosaic Got Game insert. And on top of that, we were adding in a $10 Fanatics e-gift card. So, I mean, why wouldn't people clamor to get, a, get to be a part of that Sundance? Uh, well, unfortunately, only three people did. Um, those three people were actually uh, the Run and Pod, Tom Sliney, and 1177 Natalie uh, from the podcast. No, really. Um Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. All right. Tom Sliney wins day two. Yay. All right. Make sure to uh, DM us to claim your prize. Tom Sliney. Um, funny thing. Uh, day three, 
we can go ahead and get rid of this because day three, only one person actually entered. And that was uh, a fan of the show by the name of the underscore real underscore tease offs. So the real tease offs, you by default win day three uh, giveaway, which was, wait for some dance. Day three was, oh, that's right. The day three was the uh, Patriots quarterback pack. It was a uh, Drew Bledsoe 94 Skybox, a uh, Tom Brady 2015 Panini Donruss, and a Mac Jones 2020 Prism Draft Picks All-Americans insert rookie card. Congratulations, the real tease offs. Make sure to uh, DM, us, DM us or get a hold of us on social to claim your prize. So, all right, congratulations to our winners. Uh, resounding also success on this giveaway. Can't wait to do more. Yeah. All right. On that note, Sundance, let's get into uh, some much needed fun. Look at this. Look at that. Now it's Dos Padres. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into our This and That Celtics trade edition. This should be a fun one. Uh, we are going to have a little fun, this or that style with the uh, – granted, it's a trade trade deadline is not for a little ways off, but uh, it's kind Celtics of like – Celtics are looking at things on the table. Yeah, so if we're going to do it, I think now is the time to, it's a good time to do it. So we're going to we're going to do three back and forth, um, this or that. So, Nance, I'm going to let you take the honors. You can lead off. All right. Uh, so here's the first hypothetical scenario for this or that. Um, and it's really going to be this or that or some because there's actually three options for you here. So you're already here we breaking go. the rules. Got it. Okay. Here we, here we go. COVID hits, right? And the Celtics are down to five active players for tonight's game. They need a bench. They need at least two players. And the main red claws are actually stuck in a blizzard up in Maine, so they can't call up any of those guys. You can sign, okay, a two-for-one duo. Any of these duos, who are you going to sign? A, the Obamas, Barack and Michelle, B, the Mannings, or C, the Williams sisters. This is going to be your bench. Serena and um, Venus. Venus? Yep. I mean, unless you're aware of other Venus or Williams sisters that are out there. there. I'm sure there are plenty, but uh, it's a very common name. Uh, yours is even one. derivative of. Um, I would. Uh, I mean. I, I mean. Fanboy or not, I mean, it's got to be the Obamas. I mean, Brock and Wall. Yeah. I mean, I Michelle, you don't even have to play. She can just be there as a as a roster requirement to meet the minimum. But I, would I mean, she might play play too. play too. I don't know, but I know oh, I, I'm I'm, so. I'm taking Brock hands down. Love it. I, love he, it. He, I think he. I, great. He might have to take. I don't know what he's smoking these days and how often he might have to take, <laughs> he may have to come off frequently. I don't know what his cardio is like at this point, but I mean, I think he can at least put up, put, put up a J. So yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking no balance. Love it. I actually think Michelle plays a lot out there with Barack and probably, you know, they probably got a good pick and pick and roll, a good, you know, screen game going. Um, so I, I like it. That's where I would have gone as well. I think they could Manning secretly Brothers. throw some, some, some quiet elbows too, which I think will help on the defensive side. Um, yeah. All right. Good one. Good one. All right. So my, we, we were thinking alike on these. Um, so this one I'm going to start with pretty simply, but it's going to be uh, – you, you're probably going to answer pretty quickly, but I, I'm throwing it out there just, just for some fun. So you can only trade for one – just two players, you can only trade for one of them. Um, they're both a problem child, either in general or within their organization. You can only trade for one of these two problems. Which one is it? This hand, you got Kyrie Irving, bring him back home to Boston. On this hand, we're taking Ben Simmons from the Sixers. Which one do you got? Oh, Ben Simmons. You don't even have to. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Kyrie, he may that never dumpster play fire. Oh, he may don't never worry. Play. Oh, God. Don't, he's Kyrie make... might play half the games. 
Yeah, listen, he'll make a cameo in my third this or that. Don't you worry. Um, that guy, I could never, ever, ever envision him again in Celtics green. And if they ever did anything like that, um, I'm mailing it in and rooting for the Charlotte Hornets or Bobcats or whatever the heck they are. Sometimes you gotta do some uncomfortable things when you're trying to win a, win a title. Easy. Simmons, Simmons, Simmons. All right, number two. What's your what's your second? This or that? Number two, the Lakers call. Oh, okay. Jerry West has has a, an option for you here. They're looking to unload Westbrook. You may have heard the rumblings. He was benched last night. Uh, all I heard. So there's there's some issues there. Yeah. The Lakers will take back either Smart. And freedom, or Langford, Pritchard, and Time Lord, and you have to make this trade. Who do you trade have to. back to the Lakers? Who do you send away for Westbrook? Do you send Smart and Freedom, right. or Langford, Pritchard, and Time Lord? Smart and Freedom, done. Wow, Smart and really, freedom. yes. Wow. Um, smart, you can't you can't afford to lose. Let's say you can't afford to lose Time Lord, Robert. Williams. We lose him every other game right now to injury. Well, right, but I mean, but I think losing him as entirely will throw off. Like there would have to be another move queued up to to bring someone in the middle. Like uh, Smart's been such a subject of, of rumors and trades for like going on two years now. At this point, it's like at least you're replacing him with a guard. Uh, sure. So if I have to make this trade, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, based on positional swapping and freedom, I mean, everyone loves freedom, literally and uh, rhetorically. But um, yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. I, 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 yeah. Interesting. Uh, Did not expect good, that. Good one though. Good one though. Um, all right. So mine is going to be. We're going to venture more into the realm of uh, not realistic. But nonetheless, a little fun. So going back to your earlier scenario, COVID, COVID's, COVID has ravaged. It's ravaged the team. It's ravaged the league. Um, to the point where uh, David Silver has actually allowed the team or the league, teams in the league, to go ahead and make trades, not even just with each other, but with other non-NBA organizations for help. Okay? Love you can it. now bring in non-NBA players to help you short term. Uh so let's go ahead, and we're going to go ahead and make a trade with SAG, the uh, Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. Okay. To bring in one of these two beloved Boston area actors, you can trade for either Donnie Wahlberg or Ben Affleck. Who do you got? Jeez. Both those horses got some miles on them, um, res respectfully. Uh, I'm going to, you know, so so it's tough because Ben is actually going to draw Matt Damon into the, the, the front row every night. So, so but, you're thinking but, more about filling seats. But Donnie's going to bring in his brother, Mark, who's certainly going to have a front row seat as well. Um, this is a tough one. You know, I... I am going against my better judgment here. I'm gonna go with Donnie. I'm gonna go with the the, the new kid on the block. Um, but you also do get the new kids on the block, and they'll be the halftime show. So, so that actually Donnie works out. not just not just to sub in and play. Then he's gonna dance and sing <laughs> in the halftime show, and then you think he's gonna be able to? You think at him and his in his forty something years. After the halftime show, he's still going to be able to play in the second half. That is, I tell you what, he's got the right optimistic. stuff. Optimistic. That's optimistic. He's got the right stuff. I, I hope we have a defibrillator on, on the uh, on the bench. Uh, that said, I probably would agree. I don't know what kind of shape Ben is going to be in. I don't know if I'm going to get uh, you know, Batman Ben. I don't know if I'm going to get sad and depressed and alcoholic Ben. Um, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm going to get Ben. I mean, if you give me Ben from 20 years ago, if you give me Ben from um, Goodwill Hunting, I might take that. But I'm not sure. So I think the safe play is Donnie because I bet he can still shoot a 12-footer. Done. All right. Number three. What do you got? This or that? All right. Uh, again, out of the alternate universe, 
Vladimir Putin texts you. Uh, he's willing to back off. my number. <laughs> he's, he's, he's willing to back off the Ukraine. Uh, God, I don't have a burner for this. Okay. He's willing to back off the Ukraine in exchange for one NBA superstar to add to the Russian Olympic team. The player to be named will never return to the United States ever again. Who do you send? Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant? And we can't just give Putin a promise that we'll make Comrades of Summer too. <laughs> we have to actually give him a... We can't just... All right. um, he has no faith in that, that handshake bargain. I mean, former CIA or KGB agent. I mean, why would he? Um, I think so. We have to give him Kyrie or Kevin Durant, and they're there forever. Correct. Forever. Uh, I mean, who is more insufferable? I, I mean, how do you choose? Can we bargain to give him both? No, because they'll never come back, and we, you cannot take one and keep them for 25 years and then send the other one for the other 25 years. Nope, it's one oh, or the other. Oh, they're playing on the Olympic team. So we're going to see them, well, if that team ever were to qualify. <laughs> we might see them <laughs> in some international competition. Um, not that, I mean, all it's going to be is a laugh fest anyway. Hey, the comrades of the Olympics. I, you know what? I'm going to go off path here and I'm actually going to go Kevin Durant because I would like to see him wearing one of those giant fuzzy <laughs> Russian <laughs> red <laughs> star <laughs> yes and I want to see him in his large long frail body shivering through eight to nine months of cold weather in mother Russia and see you know maybe he might be nicer to people when he has that perspective so interesting send Durant get him out of here <laughs> Love it. Good call. Wasn't expecting it. Uh, I thought it'd be the Kyrie Express, uh, Polar Express. But well, then with, with Kyrie, if Kyrie stays, then we have something. There um, you go. Like weekly. Uh, all right. This or that. Last one. Uh, all right. So, again, trade edition. In this case, we can't pull off a trade. We're just trying. Can't pull off a trade. We need to look within the extended Celtics family for some help. Because, again, we're ravaged. Do you take, and, and we need help at every position, as we know. Do you put the bat signal and bring Brian Scalabrini in uh, off the desk to play it forward? Or do you get yourself some guard depth and bring in Abby Chin? Kind of a pick on a little bit of a toss-up. Um, Abby Chin looks like she could ball. Scal, I tell you, man, he looks fit. He looks trim. He's got the hair plugs going on, so he'll look good under the bright lights. Um, I, I gotta go with Scal, the redhead. It fits okay. the Celtic, you know, pedigree. Um, you know, he, he won't last long. He's gonna get hurt uh, pretty quickly. Um, I, I, I'm only saddened that we can't bring Tommy Heinsohn, you know, back from the other side. <laughs> <laughs> this the ghost of Tommy Heinsohn. <laughs> ghost of Tommy Heinsohn. Um because that would be pretty cool. Uh, so I guess I'll go with Scalabrini. I mean, we could go outside and get um, Heinsohn fan favorite Walter. But Walter's in some Walter's in some trouble. trouble I'll, I'll, do you, lately. I'll, do, I'll do you one better. I'll get off this path to borrow your phrase from, from the last question. Um, I'm going to do you one better, and I will see your Scalabrini and raise you an Abby Chin. I'm actually going to go back to 1970 UMass team, and I'm going to take Rick Pitino to come back and play some, <laughs> to play some guard. <laughs> For these Boston Celtics. Oh, so the seven, the the, the younger Svelts, cardio induced. Okay, Rick Patino, not the Rick Patino who himself would be walking through that door, gray and old. Okay, just to clarify, we, we don't want gray and old, gray and old Rick Patino. Um, Correct. That might he's still alive. So. That's what I hear. Um, all right. Well, that was that was fun. This this or that. Uh, 
phenomenon. Celtics edition. I'm willing to bet as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, we're not going to see any of those transactions happen. But uh, never know. Maybe something possibly close is ridiculous. But all right, so. That, that basically wraps up our uh, our show. But before we go, I just want to throw a shout-out to everyone who continues or will be at some point supporting the show. We appreciate it. Um, reminder, if you're on, watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, turn notifications on. Don't want you to miss a show. Uh, if you're listening on audio, please go ahead um, and rate and review. We are available on most of the main podcast providers, as you see in the ticker below. If you're watching us, Spotify. Uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, etc. Make sure you're following us on social. Uh, we're going to potentially at some point be doing more of these giveaways, hopefully with more people uh, on Instagram. To the number two Padres pod on Instagram, Twitter, even TikTok. Uh, again, still working on some dancing crazy videos. Haven't happened yet. That's coming. Those Padres podcasts on Facebook. All part of the world takeover. Um going a little slowly at this moment, but we're still trying to take the world over, get a ride on this train, or at least get a reservation, buy a ticket, whatever. We'll save you a seat. All right, so next week we are going to be back talking probably some Celtics or Bruins. We'll see where the week takes us there because the Patriots are gone and there's nothing Red Sox related to talk about. Uh, We're going to check in a little bit more on the NFL playoffs and potentially come up with some other fun games to play. Maybe you know this and that. Maybe a top five. Maybe something new. Who knows? Come back, check it out, find out. All right. That's the Sundance Kid. I'm Major J. We collectively are the Dos Padres. Hasta two sueños. Get some sleep. We're about to. And we are out. Get out.